Hi, Monday Night Football MNF. I Ari Giants against Michael McQueen here, joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. Uh, welcome in, boys. It's the one-year anniversary of the Irish NFL show. I want to take this opportunity just first off, just myself, to thank everybody that's either watched the show, commented, loved or hated the show, whatever. It's been a hell of a year, and uh, we're looking forward to the next one. But Colin, first off, welcome in. Um, how are you getting on? Good, but I realize something, Michael. Um, we talk about the Madden curse. I think the Irish NFL show title credits curse might be worse. Good God, the litany of guys uh, that have season-ending injuries or just terrible misfortune befall them. Truly Irish folklore tales. I just saw George Kittle appear there and thought, oh, and then Dak and then various others. But um, yeah, well, like, uh, outside of that, there's uh, another ridiculous week. Um, plenty to talk about. The week of the backup will be the Von Miller trade and any number of uh, season-ending injuries to really um, top players. So plenty to discuss on tonight's uh, show. Yeah, uh, hi to Owen as well as commented in. Happy first birthday, lads. Hashtag Niner Nation. Jimmy Garoppolo playing unbelievably last night. Uh, Brian, welcome in, my friend. Um, no Mark tonight, so you're you're going to have to sub in for him as well. Yeah, unfortunately, Mark has work commitments tonight, which is a shame really for Mark because the Patriots have probably had their best win in arguably maybe a year and a half, you know, and I played to Mark. He called it. He went with them and they turned up and Mac Jones in particular had a really good game. But uh just to echo the point you, you made, Michael, throughout the weekend, and obviously again this evening, you know, a year since we started the show, and it's been a, a great eventful year for all of us, um, from where we were last year to where we've got to. And but as you said, it's it went out to people watching the show and supporting the show, and uh, you know, people as well as sponsors who have helped us along the way, Trust Matchbook, that have allowed us to push the show on, and you know, you know, there's plenty of plenty of stuff ahead as well, you know, in the coming Absolutely. weeks and the coming months. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Ron's comment is saying nice jersey in the background comments. We don't have any comments yet about any uh, countries. Indonesia, wasn't it? The other night, I can't remember. Or Philippines. Philippines. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's just kick it off. Let's start talking about the game last night. For me, boys, honestly, in terms of entertainment value as a neutral, one of the games of the season, I love watching it. The Titans against the Colts. Titans getting the win in overtime, 34-31. to 31. Carson Wentz messing up not once. But twice, uh, we'll talk about Derrick Henry in a minute. But Colin, what was your thoughts on that game? Because the Titans at one point looked dead and buried. Yeah, the the Colts got off to uh, a great start. They go fourteen points up, um, and you'd have to say that the Titans showed great resolve in terms of getting uh, back. But the the Colts had a. a a great opportunity when uh, Take One Lewis had um, the the he had that the ball um, on um, and Ryan Tannehill interception, but he fumbled it as he went to to the ground. Now I don't know if he was injured and he therefore he fumbled it, or if he got in he fumbled it and saw it fall, got injured. Uh, it was, but it was ridiculous. It was a huge turning point be, um, because. Um, the on the next play, Tannehill hit AJ Brown, and um, from there it was the the real kind of uh, ding dong battle. It was a great game. It was really back and forth, but you'd have to to say um, the 
Coles have had all sorts of issues this year, and in fairness, Carson Wentz hasn't been one of them, but he did not have a great game. And I mean, as it turns out, the throwing, throwing the interception for the touchdown was probably a better move than the than giving away a safety at that particular point in the game. And he did drives in on the field, and he got his now kind of uh, throw it up and get the de- de- defensive pass interference, and um, you know they they got it to overtime. But I thought the pick he threw in overtime was a really poor pick. And I I thought the Colts could do it. I really thought they they were set for it. So you'd have to say uh, kudos to the Titans for the performance they pulled in, pulling it out of the bag. As you said, we have plenty to discuss in relation to them coming up next. I actually really like Brian the way that Frank Reich went out at the start and was so offensive and really, really went for it at the start of the game, and it made it for a neutral, a great contest. Brian, we've got a comment from Porrick Joyce saying, uh, you have to mention the Randy Bullock. Personally, I would sue the vet. Well, bear in mind that Randy Bullock missed a, a, a gimme for the Bengals in week one last year versus the Chargers. There was, when it, when he when stepped up to make that field goal at the end, it did come across my mind as he got the as he got the Lear Audi to put this one over. But fair play to me, it was a long one. But this game kind of played out exactly as as I think we all kind of talked Friday or, or throughout the weekend when we had discussed it on the show. I know yourself and Mark picked the Titans, yourself and, and Colin up the Colts, because we felt it was that type of game that would go back and forth. And um, Wentz struggled at the start of the season, and I read a report that he struggled at the start of the season when the pressure was on. Then the pressure was off, and he started playing reasonably well again. And then yesterday's game, pressure was back on, and he kind of, he wilted towards the end. I'm not sure if that was the case, but the interceptions were quite poor. And yeah, like I, I get the point, and I, I agree with Colin. I think we discussed it offline today, which was he was trying to remove a potential safety because if he hits a safety, they have to punt the ball back. The game is over. So I can understand why he was trying to get rid of it. But I mean, it was a bananas play to try to interception, in particular with his left hand. But look, there's bigger teams that have come from this game, you know. And um, Derrick Henry looked like he was injured, and for a long time, it seemed like he wasn't going to come back in. I've seen a few Titans fans today say, "Why was he brought back in when he was injured?" Well, they clearly didn't think he was injured enough to, to uh, in terms of what was to progress today, in terms of unfortunately looking like he's going to potentially be out for the season. And now they're suggesting he might be back come January. But he actually took the snap on third and seven, which led to the field goal to win the game. So he was in till the death. He, they were using him just as much as they would use him for any other game. So maybe they just didn't think the severity of the injury was going to be what they saw today. But we said on Friday, sorry, one more final point, Michael. We said on Friday this game was like the deciding of the division. If the Colts won with the games coming up, they could potentially have a chance to win the division. And if the Titans won, they stretched their lead to three games and it was too much. But with Henry gone, I'm not entirely sure that's the case because this team, I, I, I'd argue there's no player in the league, outside, you know, outside of a quarterback, there's no player in the league, I think, that any team has so much reliance on than Derrick Henry. You can put one out there if you if you think there's someone, but for me he's the most he's the most reliant player that the, for one team throughout the, the league outside of a quarterback situation. So I don't know. I think this loss is going to be monumental. They brought in Adrian Peterson, but he's he's not Derek Henry. Let's be fair. There's a comment there from at Patriots feeder. Nearly impossible to tell that injury if you're close to breaking it. Uh, I was. I I be, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I nearly spat my lunch out when I heard the news earlier. I couldn't believe it. Going on what Brian said there, for me, Column Derek Henry, in terms of his production, in terms of the way he can perform on any given Sunday, he's probably the best player in the NFL. Seriously, I 
would if I was going to choose a player out like in any position, because at the end of the day you've so many quarterbacks. In terms of getting Derrick Henry, I would take him in any any game, any team. I think it's a huge loss for the Titans. But the only thing they could say is if they get the January column and they get him back, even if he's a seventy or eighty percent, and get him back to that point, at least they won yesterday, and they have. Let's be honest, they've got full control of that division now. Even if they've been in his fourth seed, I think they'd take it now if they got him back for, I guess, the extra week as well, getting into week 18, week 19 in the pre in the playoffs. Yeah, look, losing Henry is huge. I would say Aaron Donald might have a, a claim about his importance in terms of a non-QB, but Derrick Henry is undoubtedly in, enormously important, and he was on course for an incredible season. We talked about him a few weeks ago, the way in the influence he had, the fact that you know he was his stats were in and around the Jim Brown type, which is phenomenal, and the job he was doing. So it's, it's a huge loss. You never know how long, I suppose, the it will take to come back. And in fairness to the Titans, we've seen players have big injuries, but adrenaline gets you through, and it's only after the the game that you realize, you know, ju- just the the impact that that it had. I I saw um, various things, and you'll always see bits and pieces on social media. But doctors saying that if he's rushed back, the chances of a reoccurrence are enormously high. So they would have to be, you know, deep in the playoffs, I imagine, for for them to really want to to risk it. Um, but it, for for this Titans team, it's it's a huge loss, and I suppose it comes down to how will they respond i don't know if adrian peterson is going to be it the trade deadline is still there um the denver broncos are clearly in sales mode so could uh, melvin gordon be uh, a potential to to move it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond but it's a uh, at the midway point of of the season to lose a, and a focal point really of your offense is um is a huge huge blow and it's for for not just for the titans but i think for fans around the league you don't want to see the best players out you want to yeah. see when you sit down to watch games on a sunday you want to see the best players playing you want to see what derrick henry is capable of you want to see somebody try and break that long-standing you know 2000 plus yards i mean when agent peterson got so close it was great to to watch that and, and to watch the chase so enormously disappointed to see henry go out but a huge blow for the titans and their fans obviously in particular where we've seen games where henry hasn't performed for one reason or another and um, the offensive line for the titans is, is greatly exposed we saw it when they played the jets a few weeks ago they struggled and Tannehill had a really bad day. And there's been other games where when Henry hasn't played well, the offensive line is um, is struggling. And then in terms of controlling the ball, without Henry, they fought, they're ineffective at times without, without him there. So, and then I just looked today in terms of who's the, who's the next man up at the moment. So, you know, it looks like Asia Peterson is going to come in. But McNichols is the second running back there. He's had seven carries for 28 yards this season, which to me basically means there is no second running back. It's all about Derrick Henry. So can they carry the load? Time will tell. He's not. He's definitely not a washing machine or a dishwasher anyway. Let, let, let's see what happens. Ian Mulligan saying spot on with Henry take inevitable injury, whereas workload again, pitch feeder. Uh, just look what happened to Cam Newton. Same injury, I believe, affected his feet and quickness. 
Absolutely. And I was, I think, just for NFL fans as well, going to what you boys said, you want to see the best players play week in, week out. That's why I get annoyed when I see guys like JJ Watt going off injured. I want to see him play the full season, play to their maximum capacity. Let's look at uh, the Jets and the Bengals. Just another weekly apology now to Jets fans. Um, look, I think, to, to, to be fair to the Jets, their turnaround in the fourth quarter was stunning. Their quarterback is a stud. If I was Zach Wilson, I'd be very concerned right now because those guys believe in him. Unbelievable performance last night. I have to hold my hat, my metaphorical hat off to the Jets. Um, I'll never doubt them again. In fact, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to pick them Thursday night. Sorry, just very, very quickly, Colin, I feel really bad for Carson Wentz. I felt horrible for him yesterday especially that second time. He looked like he wanted to cry. Anyway, moving on. Bengals-Jets, that's some game. Yeah, but this is a Jets team who lost by 41 points to the Patriots. So, you know, talk about Jekyll and Hyde. This is a Bengals team that all of us, Peter King lauded them as the, the team in the AFC. So I, I don't think, I think this was an enormous shock, especially given the, the backup QB was playing. Um, now, Mike White had a phenomenal game, right? The only other QB who's thrown for 400 yards on their first start in the NFL won Cam Newton. Um, so he, he's a decent company, uh, you, you'd have to, to say. And... The, the Jets, they, look, they, they've played, you know, at times really well um, for Robert Sala, and they did a number on the, the Titans. I mean, this is this is the Jets against playoff teams are fantastic. Um, they th- One of the things that I, I, th- I did think was interesting was that Mike White um, was, is on the Jets because he lost out to Cooper Rush, um, in uh, the training camp for the Cowboys. And he also started yesterday because one, Joseph Flacco, who only lives 95 miles uh, from uh, the Jets training facility, uh, he told the Jets after they uh, traded for him that he couldn't report until Friday. Um, and so they ended up going with Mike White, and uh, what a result! Certainly, it wasn't it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like there there was you know one play that that sealed it. They they were solid. They hung about that goal line stand that they had when the the Bengals um, were you know uh, on the one yard line, and they they stood up to that. I think that showed their defensive prowess. Did they get lucky um, with that? Um, awful call uh you know on helmet to helmet yes they did um absolutely and and the ref, you know that needs to be highlighted and refs need to get better at, at that side of things but they did a really good job um o- overall on containing chase um i don't uh he there was no deep targets uh, which was the the first time in his NFL young young NFL career, but the first time to date that that hasn't happened. Um, so a brilliant uh, day for the Jets, you'd have to say. And yeah, they certain certainly for right now they should you know Mike Mike White can definitely bask in it. But I 
he he needs to he needs to show consistency if there is to be a QB controversy. But it, it would be quite the story. But look, it's one performance. He's got to show it. He'll have another opportunity uh, in their next game. On the show at the weekend, we were trying to. Well, I made the point that I felt that if any way, if there was any way that the Jets were going to find a way to win this game, I certainly think it would come from a quarterback who shows for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. First time a Jets quarterback has done that since Vinny Testaverde back in 2000. But I did say, and I suggested that that front seven for the Jets is going up against a bad offensive line and the interior in particular. Garmin, the right tackle, is playing right guard is playing injured. He's a rookie. He's struggling, and the other guys haven't been much better. And if they got the borough, and they did get the borough quite a few times and he struggled and uh, some other little uh, footnotes like Colin you suggested about that goal line stand that goal line stand only only happens because their wide receiver the rookie chased down the interception for 80 yards and, and got to the and got your man down at the one yard line I mean other players would have given up on that particular play but he didn't he went back and look what happens I mean they don't even punch it in and then the play calling is up by Zach Taylor at times like they're you know that one for the interception I mean they literally went away from the run game and then he's punting. He's going up against a team, and what's the Jets? And people say the Jets aren't a good team. They still move the ball all day long on the Bengals, and they they punted with like some like a minute and a half, two minutes to go on the Jets fifty. But you're punting to a team who's moving the ball up and down. It's not like you're punting to a team who hasn't moved the ball all day. You'll take your chance to you'll get the ball back. So some some of the decisions for Zach Taylor yesterday, his coaching, I thought were a bit unusual, and that's three road games in a row for the, the Bengals. Maybe they were just coming, I'm not, I'm not suggesting tiredness or anything, but it does play up, catch up on you when you're on the road for three weeks in a row. And maybe having taken the lead with 11 points up towards the back end of the fourth quarter, they felt it was done and complacency set in. And for the Jets, the Jets to the Jets, they always find ways to have these unusual results, but they have to build on it. And Thursday night's going to be a tough game because, as you said, Colts will be looking to rebound off a difficult loss. So see what comes in Thursday's game. A great day yesterday in New Jersey for the Jets. I really liked how the team played for Robert Sala, but more so seeing the relationship between the players, both offense and defense, with Mike White and Robert Sala as well. Time will tell how they get on. Uh, Jamar Chase looks unbelievable. Uh, Browns, Steelers, gentlemen. Steelers 15, Browns 10. Another game that I pick, and the incorrect team wins. Uh, Column, for, for a lot of this game, I actually thought that the Browns would grind the victory out, but regardless of Big Ben's talent or the current situation he's in, the Steelers still find a way to get over the line, both in the run game and on the pass game. Yeah, the offensive line is definitely coming together, and Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin. And they also did it uh, with without a kicker for for most of the game uh given given what ha what happened um i think if that had been a, an actual qb who got hit that late it definitely would have drawn a flag um but non qbs definitely why didn't. wasn't there a flag have they have they come out and say why it wasn't a flag a defensive player outside the tackle box because he wasn't a QB. because because non qbs get treated yeah. differently you know it's, it's right. yeah, let's be fair. It, yeah yeah no well they knew what they they knew what they were they were doing um but it's look this is why and just like the jets game like this was a wild weekend of football, right? This is why we love this sport because there are so many upsets, and because we've said I've said it time and time again, you're picking a game. It's a it's a 50-50 chance, and anything can happen. Um, and this this game, you could you could play it, you know, a hundred times, and 
the Steelers might win it, you know, 75 times, but 25 times the Browns could win um, the, the game. They didn't. And now, as a result, I think there are, there are big questions because they, they're very disappointing, I, I, particularly Jarvis Landry. Um, who said this was a must-win game um, and then proceeded to, to have a really bad game. Um, but you're left with the question, are, are you going to pay Mayfield all, all that money and what impact is, is that going to have? Um, thing we'll get to see pretty quick because the 5-3 and three Bengals await the Browns in Cincinnati next week. So it doesn't get any easier um, for, for the Browns. And at at this stage, given where they're at, you're almost looking at the second half of the season being a kind of um, a, almost every game being a, being a playoff game. So we're really going to get to see what Ste- Kevin Stefanski, um, who I really like as a, as a head coach, has done really well up to now. But now he's got to really prove it in the second half of the season. Yeah, you kind of touched on it there, Colin. Like Baker Mayfield, like I know he played and we're going to say suggest he was injured, but they're going to pay this man in the reason of $25 million. You know, and because he's being compared to that to rookie draft class of um, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and like they've they've gone in one games like this. This is the type of game he needs to be winning. The Steelers, I picked the Steelers because I felt the Steelers' defense was coming together as well, and I felt that they would shut down this Brown offense. Like they pretty much did in the run game. Chubb was in was ineffective. Ernest Johnson got the touchdown. Mayfield doesn't throw for a touchdown. He doesn't throw for anything more than twenty four yards in the game. Odell Beckham is non-existent. Someone tomorrow would, you know, if the Browns could offload him tomorrow in the trade deadline, they'd happily do so and get rid of 16 million after after a salary cap. I mean, Landry didn't look didn't look anything. So it's just I just don't get it. I just don't get this Browns. I certainly don't get Baker Mayfield, and people just say, oh, he's injured, he's not playing well. I don't, I wouldn't be giving him that type of money. Because they're the type of games you have to win. Run, stand up, you're the quarterback, you're the one that's gone on all week about how you you're ready to play because you want to get out there and show the team. You you could argue Case Keenum probably would have done a better job yesterday, you know, or certainly wouldn't have been, you know, a game any different in terms of what the score was. In fact, I think the score was actually 15-10 because of the situation with the kicker. The kicker wasn't there. They had to go for a two-point conversion on a, on a touchdown, which Big Ben was rolling back the years, unfortunately. It was, it was pulled back on a hold. So the game really should have been a little bit more secure for the Steelers. It's, it's, a, it's a big one for Steelers, in fairness, because they've been getting a lot of stick, you know, at the early stage of the season, but they're coming along nicely, and they've had some good, solid wins against Seattle and this game. So, you, you, I don't know who the Steelers have next week, but they just continue going about their business. It's just again, shows how good of a head coach Mike Tomlin is. Bears next week, Monday Night Football. Nice game. At home? Game is in. Uh, it's it's at home. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed watching this game in Red Zone last night because there was always something going on. I really enjoyed the yeah. Chris Boswell incident. I mean. Like, really? Like, come on! Like, who thought that was a good idea? It's Seriously. funny because sorry, Michael. I thought when I and I saw it at first, I thought it was a muff, you know, like a muffed uh, snap or, you know, whatever. He didn't get it. And then Mike Tomlin actually opening says after the game, "Yeah, I want, I wanted to go for a fake, and um, yeah, it was a bad call by me. I put my hands up and said, like, the, the the impact of that play wasn't just okay. We didn't score. It was like we lost our kicker and potentially." Could have lost the game. Any other team was on the other side who could play better than the Cleveland Browns. He got beat big time. It was funny to watch. I think that's a little bit. I mean, you're talking about huge rivalry. Um, and 
I think in fairness to like the Browns, we'll get to see what, what they're made of second half of the, the season. For the Steelers, they really was drawing on the experience of Tomlin and uh, of Big Ben and their kind of core strengths. Like it, it's interesting if you look at Tomlin's tenure, um, his the kind of earlier parts of his um, time there with the Steelers, it was on the, the defense. The offense wasn't kind of throwing it out. It was ground and pound. And obviously then over the past few years, um, prior to last year, the, the Steelers were much more explosive. But this year they're back to maybe early Mike Tomlin identity. But you have to say um, that they have a, a wealth of experience. They have some great players on, on defense. I won't be too harsh on the Browns because it is kind of a local derby. And Miles Garrett's comments may have given the Steelers some extra motivation. But this is what's fascinating. We're going to see in the second half of the season what both of these sides are, are made of. But when you've Mike Tomlin going into battle, that's a nice uh, edge to, to your sword. Uh, also a comment there from Ron, just a rhetorical point saying Tomlin, zero losing seasons, never count them out. I'm not going to count either team out. It's, it's early in the season. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, 49ers, Bears. 49ers beating the Bears in Chicago, 33 to 22. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, over 300 yards passing, two rushing touchdowns. Eli Mitchell, 137 yards. Uh, and the Bears, on that hand, uh, fields 175 yards, obviously with that rushing touchdown, that great play. And yeah, boys, I liked, or I, I know what everyone's going to say here, so I'm just going to say it. I'll just go on. Jimmy G, man, yesterday, I liked the 49ers yesterday, Colin. I, I thought it looked good. Um, they they looked adequate. They they beat a, a bad Bears team. I mean, look, fair play, Jimmy, I, I know Jimmy G. And look, the two two rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, which I'm sure he certainly enjoyed, given that Trey Lance was was brought in to to be the tread on the ground. But no, look, J Jimmy G had a had a good game. You can only beat what's in front of you. It helps when Debo Samuel is having a himself a season. He's just been absolutely fantastic. He he's everywhere. Um, you you'd have to say that the the Bears missed Max. Certainly, they they really didn't get any sort of pressure on on Jimmy G. He could kind of have his way, and he absolutely did. Justin Fields looked much more comfortable, um, and allowing him to use it as athleticism um, hel helped him. So you know you would think that you would look to play to your young QBs. Uh, strengths. It felt like they went a little bit more in that direction um, yesterday. Um, but the the Niners needed that, uh, given the the division they're in. Uh, I, I see Russell Wilson has had the pin removed. The Rams have made a big move that we'll talk about later. Uh, so uh, the NFC West, the second half of the the season for the NFC West is going to be very interesting indeed. The game in many ways played out the way I expected. I didn't think it'd be as high scoring as it was, but like we did suggest that this game could be nip and tuck, you know, and it'd be, I think we suggested the 49ers. I know, Colin, you picked the Bears, but like the rest of us could have felt that the 49ers would put away in the fourth. And to, to a certain extent, that's kind of how it played out. I felt the turning point in the game was that 80-yard run by, <clears throat> by Debo Samuel, which initially looked like he'd gone in for the touchdown because the Bears had them at third and 20 on that particular play. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I thought the heart of the Bears' defense just seemed to go go after that play. It was a crushing moment, like for any team to have a have a team a third and twenty 
deep in their own in their own um towards their own goal line and to give up a, a force down is demoralizing but to give up an 80-yard play and they went in after, on the touchdown and from there on every time the covers i know we were all kind of flipping between games between red zone and stuff so every time i went back it just seemed then that the 49 seemed to be going on these like consistent drives and jimmy g was was rolling back you know rolling in the touchdowns but um up to that point i thought the bears were well in the game um like i wouldn't think the 49ers are walking away from this game going that's that's a fantastic win for us and we're it's a, it's a turning point in the season they did enough which we which most of us felt they would and i think justin fields gradually starting to show the player that a lot of people felt he would be that touchdown was to be honest that touchdown was the high point of the game it, i was actually just going to bring that in next um i don't know what i think about about that touchdown um i went went through the emotions last night where i thought it was stunning thought it was sensational and then I thought it was like playing a ten-year-old in defense. It just keeps pressing square to tackle. Like, I mean, well, some of the turns were incredible. Jesus, lads! Like, some of the 49ers are going nowhere near him. Like, it it looked a bit like RG three back in the day, just running the round. Look, it was great. You can't do that every play every week, you know. You can't. You can't, Michael. What What's missing in all that great play is how pure the offensive line was because he was running around like like a madman trying to escape every player that was coming at him. Where was the offensive line? And Bears fans have been calling us out for months on end, even leading up to the draft, that they needed to you know, get solid players in. And obviously, we touched on it on the show the weekend. Jenkins, the second round pick, is gone for the season before he's even played a snap. Like, as you said, the week before that in Tampa against a better defense, arguably a better defense, um, the Bucs were able to take care of him. So, that, as you said, he'll get away with it this week, he won't get away with it next week. Let's let's jump forward and look at that Saints Bucks game uh, column on the 18th of December 2016. I paid the guts of two or three thousand pounds to go and watch Trevor Simeon quarterback the Broncos against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, didn't work out for Trevor Simeon that day, but my God, did it work out for the Saints last night? Uh, here is another game that had ever had, and I know, Colum, you you have something that you want me to play, so if you want to. Maybe tee it up in a couple of seconds. I will. Yeah, well, this this was the the Jameis Reve- revenge game, and we we knew he was um, up for it that he, he wanted to get the win against the the Bucks, uh, but obviously he went down with a, a serious knee injury, and Sean Payton went to the the podium afterwards and was asked how was Jameis and. Well, he announced that it was serious, and that as far as he knew, Jameis was on crutches. And um, then, uh, as as Joe Judge found out the the other, the other week, um, his player had had other ideas. And he's on crutches right now. I, so I genuinely thought, Colin, that was from a couple of months ago. I did not think that was from a live Instagram video. No, that was, yeah, live in the, in the dressing room. Jameis enjoying himself. He was on crutches, as you can see, but um, using them as a, as a bit of a prop, making the, making the most of it. Look, you, you'd have to, to say that it was a, a great performance uh, from the Saints, and in fairness to, to Brian, he had said that um, he felt that they could do a number. Um Sean, Sean Payton is a is a great coach. He's hyper aggressive a lot of the time, but he is a, a very good coach. Um, I what stood stood out to me though, um, and I, this is not to say the Bucks could easily still win the Super Bowl, but this was the first game I've watched where Brady looked old. 
and I know he'll bounce back, and I un- undoubtedly he he you know he's he's going to go on to have brilliant performances. But this was the first inkling to me when he threw that pick six. You could see that the ball didn't do what he wanted it to do, and the hand-eye coordination just slipping just a mill- millisecond. Look, he'll he'll be back on the the Tom Brady diet. It'll all get sorted out. He'll be fine. But proof that even he isn't immortal. That Father Time will ultimately remain undefeated. Um, but for for the Bucks, maybe a timely wake up wake up call for for them, for the Saints, for Trevor Simeon, and for a number of the the backup players. You'd have to to say really really good performance. It wasn't like Simeon came in with you know kind of three minutes left to go and kind of had to to seal the deal. No, he had to to play throughout and. Um, I thought they were very impressive on the day. Bucks still favourites for that division, though. Yeah, my, my alarming point on the book wasn't necessarily the Brady situation. Was so I do kind of agree with Colin on that it was more the defence because when Trevor Simeon comes into the game, like let's be fair, you, you know it's not going to be to be throwing the ball and have an expansive offence up and down the field. They rushed it thirty-two times in the game for one hundred and fifty yards, predominantly screen and runs all night against the Bucks defense that's been quite strong against the run and they just couldn't stop them throughout the game even towards the end whilst they got in front the books i think everybody felt that they're just going to run they're just going to go down on them again because they just couldn't stop them dennis allen the defensive corner has had success at, at saints against brady i said it in the show at the weekend last year they only gave up 26 points and three of which was in in tampa the other 23 was in week one and that playoff game was for me it was all on its head because of the amount of turnovers in which the Saints did and, and predominantly not them were down to breathe more so than any other player. So they just seem to find a way when, when they play the books. I don't think it should be underestimated. Like the celebrations, we saw that when they played down in Tampa last year when the Saints put a, put a number on them because it should be underrated how the rivalry between these two teams. I know books fans and Saints fans and they take great pleasure in when they beat each other. So it didn't come as a surprise. He is gone for a season, by the way. I don't know if you saw the, the breaking news this evening. He is definitely gone. So, um, for me, for me, for the Saints to continue, I think the Saints have a fair crack at a playoff spot with Wildcard. I'm surprised I'm saying that because at the start of the season, I felt they were going to completely fall off the cliff. But they need to get Taysom Hill back because he can play quarterback. And once he's not fantastic quarterback, he, he stepped in last year for a few games and breathed out and he did a reasonably good number. And he's the kind of player that can open up open up the offense in terms of the playbook because he's, he's good with the legs and he could throw the ball as well. Well, there's a, a QB who's five and zero oh in uh, with the Saints and uh, probably available. I'd say if um, if the Saints want to put a, a phone call in to George Payton and the Broncos, uh, they might be willing to to trade uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, if 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 Jameis is out for the season, might be worth ha- having a look at that. You would also have to say kudos to to Sean Payton bringing Mark Ingram back. I think having that one two punch. We talked about Alvin Kamara and. The fact that he'd been getting seeing more of the ball hadn't actually helped him. Having Mark Ingram there to act as the one-two punch really uh, helped, I think, and and was a, a really smart move. I'll just make one more point, sorry, Michael. Um, the secondary for the Saints, I thought, was really really good. Yes, Mike Evans had two catches in the game, the forty-six yard touchdown, which was great, and the other catches for six yards. Like uh, Grayson scored a touchdown, and Johnson went missing on a couple of plays with the interceptions. They were using different players yesterday, the books, but the secondary for the Saints stepped up, and obviously it was capped off the interception. So it's a big win for the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed the uh, Cyril Grayson touchdown. 
it was class for Bailey. Like honestly, like it was just class to watch. And um, yeah, obviously, you know, that Saints defense looks great. Saints sitting five and two. Teddy Bridgewater, absolutely. Give him a call. They'll pay the wages. So maybe they'll take Drew Lock instead. Yeah, sure. I'm sure that's tongue in cheek now, boys. There's no, no suggestions to Stephen, is there, that there's going to be a trade in the offing, is there? Well, we'll get to, like, why would you Why would you let Von Miller go? Why, why would he be the only one? If, if, if Von is going, there should be a fire sale. Well, sorry, I know we're going to get to it, right? And I know we want to discuss other games, so don't linger too long on it. I don't understand where the trade has happened. You're a four and four. If the Chiefs win tonight, well, we'll, Brian, we'll let's we'll, we'll be, we'll be, we we can, we'll get to the Broncos game too. <laughs> All right, uh, okay. Patriots Chargers. Patriots get the win 27-24. Uh, you were talking there at the start about Mac Jones, two hundred and eighteen yards, no passing touchdowns, but still an impressive performance. I was more concerned about Justin Herbert. He fell off in the second half of that game, boys. For me, I still think it'll be an LA Super Bowl column. But I, I obviously, we've been to the Patriots. Yeah, um, well, the the AFC. Who who knows? Um, no, nobody seems to want to to take control of the the AFC. The Bill Belichick has done a number now on on Herbert in the the past couple of games, and for the this is a Patriots team that started one one and three. And they're three and one since then, so they are coming along. They're they're not they're not there yet, but they're certainly playing complimentary football. And they had a plan yesterday. It was the ultimate kind of Belichick plan scheme for a particular opponent. They held the ball. They had one seven minute drive. I think they held the ball for ten minutes longer than the the Chargers overall. They they just exploited every weakness and. The, the Chargers couldn't really respond. They got the, the touchdown laid on to kind of make it seem closer, but it never felt like it was going to get a, a way. Like, the Chargers started well, but once the Patriots got back into it, it felt like the Patriots kind of had control over it. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what the, the Chargers do to kind of respond, but you have to say it was certainly a, a, a disappointing day for Herbert, for his receivers. I didn't think he got a, a whole lot of help from his receivers, but Bill Belichick proves, uh, you know, his defensive guile once again. In many ways, I know he got a little bit more points in terms of what the, I suppose he can compared to what he got when he went to Baltimore two weeks ago before the for the boy week to charge it. But it was very similar. Like Mike Williams was taken out of the game in Baltimore, and he got taken out of the game yesterday. It was like Belichick said, "Right, it's Keenan Allen." And it's and it's Mike Williams. Let's let's get rid of that deep threat. Mike Mike Williams only had 19 yards in the game. Keenan Allen had 77, but they were all 10 yards, 15 yards. We're saying right, let, let them play down the middle, take away the deep threat, and seeking to beat us with Eckler as well uh, at running back. And we touched on it on the show how inefficient the Chargers defense has been against the run, and what numbers were in staggering compared to other games. Like Harris still ran for 80 yards, touchdown. It was just as you said, it was just a perfect Bill Belichick type of game. Methodical drives, take the deep tread away, let them seeking to beat us under, oh, you know, under center, you know, short yards. It was never going to work. And uh, I, I wasn't that sold on the Chargers. I was more sold on the Raiders. I picked the Raiders to go to the playoffs than the Chargers because I just, I still don't see. I just think their teams are so Jekyll and Hyde. Everybody expected them to win yesterday. They didn't. And uh, there's more difficult games to come for them. And these are the type of games, if they are going to make a play to the win the division, they need to be winning those type of games because. If the Chiefs play the Patriots at some stage during the season, or the Raiders, 
I'd imagine they might be able to take care of him. But anyway, we'll see. There's always unusual results, as we know, this weekend. Time will tell. Uh, big shout out to Patriots Feeder putting loads of comments. And appreciate it, man. He's saying uh, the Patriots could have won by 20 more points if Mac didn't have a bad week in practice. Let, let's see what happens. Patriots sitting four and four. I like the way this Charger team's going, even after yesterday. This is going to get them better, boys. It, they, they, they're never going to have a better chance to win AFC West. That's a whole conversation for a different time. Uh, very quickly, who the hell picked the Lions? Because I, I can't remember. Uh, Me and Mark did. Jesus Christ. We, we got Christ. caught up in the, uh, well, I'm going to say Jacqueline, we got caught up in the, the Lions played well a couple of weeks back and then they went and played the Bengals and everybody went, oh, the Lions are turning a bit of a corner and Mark picked them that week and they got their doors blown off them at home. Then they go to LA and they play reasonably well again and they put it up to the Rams and then people, including myself, buy into, oh yeah, he's getting the, he's getting the torn out of his team and they get the doors blown off them. It's they're, they're, they're certainly the weakest team in the, the NFL. I never thought that'd be the case. I thought the Texans would be the weakest team, but they are the weakest team. Yeah. A guff is. Well, here, here's the thing. They, could the first franchise to go 0 and 16 in 2008 be the first franchise to go 0 and 17? Uh, not exactly a record you'd want to have, but a record that they could potentially have. Now, it's any given Sunday, but you'd have to say when Lions fans are calling for the backup QB, you've a real problem with Jared Goff and you get why why they're doing it. Uh, I saw a good uh, tweet from Chris Burke who said the bye week opens as a 13 and a half point favorite over the Lions, uh, which kind of sums up <laughs> where they're at. Um, and uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles uh, score 40 points for the first time since Super Bowl 52. Yeah, I saw Jalen that. Hurts looking like an MVP last night, Brian. Um, look, I'll ask you this right now. Yes, no question. Will the Lions go 0-17? I know you've sort of touched on it there. The Lions have got one game that they could win, and it's against the Broncos in early December. I'm going to say, yes, they're going to go 0-17. I'll go no, but I don't think the win will come against the Broncos. I think they will beat somebody else along the way. What, what, what were you calling to him? Yeah. Um, if if Jared Goff is the starter, um, if they don't do something, they will go 0-17. Be ironic if they won that game, because that is their 17th game, that Broncos game. Bills, Dolphins, Bills get the win 26-11, only really half the story. This game was quite tight until uh, mid to the end of the third quarter. The Dolphins, I think, personally done really well to keep the Bills at bay. Tua fighting for his life. Cole Beasley deleted that Twitter account. Is doing very well for himself. Uh, 110 yards receiving, no touchdowns. But calling the Bills getting the win, moving to five and two, starting to improve in that division. Albeit it took time for them to perform yesterday. Yeah, it really did take time for them to get going. Um, and it wasn't uh wasn't a a wonderful game, you you would have to, to say. Probably the most entertaining thing was when the mics picked up. Uh, the players smack talking one another, which uh, no love loss between the Bills and the Dolphins, you can safely say. Uh, that was uh, like um, Conor McGregor versus Khabib, but so, some of the comments that, that were going on there, they really, really don't, don't like one another. But the Bills found a way and they they, they did enough and their, their defence... You know, still you'd have to say still still kept them kept them in it in in until they they got enough going on on offense. 
that's the the issue with division games. They can sometimes be really tough. So, but the Bills need you know had put previous beatdowns on the the Dolphins. The Dolphins needed a response and got something of a response. But for the the Dolphins, you know, like. The, the Lions are are obviously bad. The Texans are bad. I see a lot of Dolphins fans being being very, very fed up because no matter how well they seem to play or what they seem to do, they just cannot seem to to get a, a win outside of a Damian Harris fumble. Yeah, and all these games in which they've lost large large amounts of those games they've been in. I can't believe the fumble. There we go. Um, they've been in the games going into the fourth, you know, and and like the last two weekends in particular before this game, they lost, in, you know, they lost in London on a field goal and they lost against the Falcons on a field goal. But the Bills, it was one of those games like it was back and forth and it was very low scoring. But I don't think anybody genuinely thought that the sorry the Dolphins were going to pull it off. Sixteen unanswered points in the fourth quarter by the Bills when it when it when it needed, you know, when they needed scores, Josh Allen is getting the score and that one to Cave Davis was. Quite unusual, bear in mind there was a, he was nearly getting the helmet taken off him. And interesting enough, I noticed that Brian Flores uh, was reading through it today. An hour and 15 minutes after the game, before he came to his press conference, he allowed his players to do the press conference for us, you know, which is unusual in the NFL because it's always the head coach that steps up first to the podium. So he left, it, he left the media waiting an hour, the bones of an hour and a half. And when he was asked why, he said he was evaluating how he coached the game today. So it sounds like it's a lot of tough conversations on the way in Miami and I know Mark touched on it last week but potentially him being the next head coach to go um, it wouldn't come as a surprise if, if it is to be him but who knows maybe they'll stick with him and there's more of a long term plan there but I mean they've gone from a team last year that was on a crest of a wave and nearly making the playoffs to, as, as he was touched on there potentially being a team that hasn't won a game all year um, Absolutely look I'm going to do my best get Bayless impression how about them Cowboys six and one, and I have to give it to Dallas last night. Uh, the performance of I can't remember the guy's name, Rush or something, Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush, is to be admired. I was flicking between that and the World Series, and uh, go Braves, by the way. It was a massive one last night. And uh, look, I thought because Dak Prescott didn't start, I genuinely thought the Cowboys would lose this game based on that. The reality is, last night, Dalvin Cook. Was held under 100 yards rushing. Held under 80 yards rushing. He wasn't and given Cooper the ball. Rush, yeah. Well, Cooper Rush gets the job done. That is a column as a hell of a win for a Cowboys team that maybe did not. I mean, some of the fans might not have had, had a massive expectation last night. Then again, they are Cowboys fans, so they probably do. Would you start Doc next week? Um, I if he's if he's fit, I I would because if he's a hundred percent fit, but you, he's got to be right. Um, if he isn't, then you get, then don't because uh, Cooper Rush did you know had a had a and I grew you'd say grew into the game as it went on. But in fairness, the let's remember that the Cowboys weren't just missing; they they had injuries at tackle, they have injuries at um, linebacker. Micah Parsons has been fantastic. I mean, you're, I think you're you're talking about Parsons as clearly the forerunner for me in defensive rookie of the year. Um, and uh, you saw that both of the Joneses were waiting for him uh, as he made his way to the locker room uh, last night. He was just he was everywhere. Uh, he was he was fantastic. Um, I wonder if. Um, 
you know, if, if others will kind of regret uh, passing passing over him and, and going for the, the corners rather than uh, Michael Parsons, because he's certainly having a, a huge impact. The Cowboys, we talked about for serious business. Um, you heard also the, the, the talk about uh, the um, debate between C.D. Lamb and uh, Amari Cooper on that final play and C.D. wanted the ball and Cooper said no way. So exerting his uh, WR1 status. Uh, but for, for the Cowboys, they, they get the win. And yeah, they will be big, big favorites against the, the Broncos next week. What were the Vikings doing last night? I mean, I've been reading articles throughout the day on the Vikings, on Zimmer, on the offensive coordinator. They hardly gave the ball to Cook. They were one and thirteen on third downs. Um, they held their defense did their job. They held the Cowboys an explosive Cowboys offense. Okay, with a different quarterback, they held them to twenty points. They've been putting up over forty three games in a row. They're first and goal with three minutes to go on the five yard line. They can't they have punched it in. They're not handing the ball to Cook all night. They're going with bootlegs when there's nobody open. I mean, even the commentators were saying it. Nobody could understand the play calling last night. It was bizarre. Zimmer calls a timeout. Then he calls another timeout. He forgets that he's just called a timeout. And he gets them flagged because you can't call two timeouts in a row. I mean, it's just madness. And then on the last drive, like, the Cowboys, fair play. That was a great fairness to Cooper Rush. It was a great touchdown in which he threw to the back of the end zone. It was a perfect throw because if he doesn't catch it, it's going, you know, it goes out and he takes the field goal. But when they got into the 25-yard line, they were doing checkdowns to Zeke. They were accepting the field goal to, to go into overtime. And the Vikings players gave up like a tour and tour and that They couldn't even tackle. It was just that Vikings team, like Mark's not here tonight, but he's always said, you just can't trust them. You know, we picked them and you just can't trust them. It's a great win for the Cowboys because you're right, going into that game, a lot of people, like, once Dak was out, everybody felt that they wouldn't win the game, including myself, but... I just, if you're a Vikings fan, you must be just pulling your hair out as to why Zimmer's still the coach, in my opinion. If they can put 20 up against Minnesota uh, with, with Russia quarterback, great job done by him in, in the circumstances, regardless of the other circumstances in the game. Dak Prescott should take a week off. <laughs> I'm, I'm being. Yeah, but it's not, it's not as straightforward as that, Michael. Yeah, I, I totally I get where you're coming from, but the NFL, like we saw with the Jets, like, look what they did. The Broncos are 4 and 4. Like, they're not completely. The, the other, the other thing for the Vikings, alongside all of the issues on coaching that Brian um, has outlined, Daniil Hunter is now out for the, yeah, sorry, the season. Yeah. Um, so a huge, huge loss uh, to what had been the most effective pass rush in the league, but losing him to a torn peck, that's a, a significant loss and might well cost Mike Zimmer his job. A couple of games got out of hand there yesterday. The Rams... Going up against the Texans, that game is over. Yeah, thirty seconds in. Uh, but obviously, Texans come back, score twenty-two points, and the Seahawks, Jaguars. How wrong was I? I was just flabbergasted, and, and I guess sort of uh, Randy bullocked by Trevor Lawrence's hair. Uh, beautiful hair, thirty-one to seven. Jaguars never even looked in, and and the Seahawks starting to build a little bit of momentum now. The pins off Russell Wilson's hand. Uh, anything to add in those games, Colin? I, I think you could have a debate about who the worst team is in the NFL. I don't think you can debate who the worst coach is. It's Urban Meyer. He is completely out of his depth. He doesn't have an iota. He hasn't a clue. Uh, the 
they get the touchdown uh, down 24 points they get the touchdown and they kick the extra point they don't go for the two points they don't go for the two points and then then they kick, they try an onside kick like what what was the point of that like he completely lost his place he doesn't have an ocean we already know he li- he likes to hang out in bars not get it on the plane for some reason he wasn't in the locker room in london he the, the sooner they get rid of him uh, the the better he needs to to go back to to the college game he he is a disaster and he is going to to drag that franchise even further into the mire unless they can get rid of rid of urban mire pardon the pun there um i don't there's not a lot really to to say on that um i felt the seahawks would win i i wasn't sold on the jazz because they beat a poor Dolphins team and Traveling across the country, the the only thing I actually took for the game was the commentators were criticising Moyer for going for the fourth down at the end instead of taking a field goal because if they didn't get a score, they were going to get blown out and no head coach should get blown out. But um, you're right, Colin. He's not he's not the right man, and he he'll be back in the he'll be back playing college coaching gig next year and probably in uh, LSU. It looks like it's an obvious candidate for him. And on the other game, Michael, the only thing I could say on that game is if you're a book if you're if you're a betting man. And I'll make it very clear, I didn't take the handicap on the Rams, which was 16 and a half points. A half time, you're saying, you're, well, you're, if you're single on it, you're counting your money. And at the end, you're pulling your hair out because they won by 16 points. And that means the Texans covered the number. But um, score doesn't really do it justice. It was, it was cakewalk. Uh, let's package this last game in with the current news as well. Uh, Brog was beaten with Washington football team. Um there's not really much you can say about that game. I, I don't think I, I don't really want to talk about the game. If you want to talk about the game, call me going ahead. It's fine. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I, want to, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to talk about it, Michael, because um, the Broncos have had some bad quarterbacks in the last five years. Okay, and I've paid to see Jeff Driscoll, Brandon Allen, uh, Joe Flacco. They've had some really atrocious quarterbacks play in mile high. Nobody has been as bad as Taylor Heineke. He is awful. He is just a terrible QB. He's probably a lovely person. He clearly has a lot of guts, a lot of heart, but he has no idea how to play the quarterback position. I have never seen anybody with less positional sense, less sense of where the rush was coming from. Horrific. Awful. The Broncos absolutely blessed that they were playing the Washington football team yesterday. Vic Fangio has got all the luck this year in the way it has, has worked out. Um, the the let, let's just talk about the month of October, okay, for the Washington football team. October 2021, a one and four record. The DEA raided the facilities. The Washington Post reported on the hush money that was paid to, to former employees. The Sean Taylor debacle around retiring his jersey number. The leaked Bruce Allen emails, and now Congress is involved. An unmitigated disaster, a franchise that just, the, the, why the owners, 
why Roger Goodell are defending Dan Schneider in what is a storied franchise, a franchise with some great history. They need to, they cannot move on quickly enough from that guy. They are just terrible. They don't even, only one team in the league also is below 80% in capacity through the, the first half of the season. The Washington football team, who are averaging 62% of their tickets uh, being sold, there is nothing going on in Washington. Washington. They are circling the drain and they were awful, awful to, to watch yesterday. It was an awful game. The Broncos weren't much better. That The way in which the Broncos closed it out was just embarrassing for all co concerned. And uh, to, to, ju just to put it into perspective, again, another one about uh, Washington, some stats from Ryan O'Halloran. Um, Washington ran 19 plays inside the Broncos' 30-yard line yesterday. They totaled 17 yards on those. 11 of them went for no gain, negative yards, or were a turnover. Wh where, do you, where do you begin with how bad Washington are? Um, I know you want to get on to the Miller trade today. Uh, maybe some people haven't even heard the news yet, but we'll come to it. Um, the Tyler Tyler Heineke piece there that he's the word quarterback, whatever you, I, I can't recall exactly what your final words were on a column, but same guy that went into Lambeau last week and went up and down the field on that Packers defense and had four red zone opportunities and looked he didn't score, but he's not the worst quarterback. There's worst quarterbacks around in the league. He has he's the worst. He's the worst quarterback I've seen in Mile High. Absolutely, and that's what I'm talking The worst quarterback I've seen play in mile high, and those stats yesterday tell a story. Okay, Candle Hilton. It was a poor game by both teams yesterday. Um, Candle Hilton. Well, there was definitely didn't get didn't get didn't get the start as a as, as a quarterback because Philip Lind they put Philip Lindsay as wildcat. If if I was coach Rivera, and I'm not saying because I want to get him out of my division because I because actually at the time it looked like he could have been potentially something that the Giants would consider. And obviously there's financial aspect that comes with every contract. But for me, he should be trying to find a way out of that franchise because he is deserving of a proper franchise. He was at Carolina for a long time. I know he's beat him in the Super Bowl, but he was great. You know, he was a coordinator with the Bears before that, before he went to Carolina. He had a very good tenure there. They moved on from because they felt the time was right. Sometimes that isn't the right thing to do, as we've seen with Tom Coughlin moving on. But um, I think he would, you know, if he was to be free tomorrow, Come the end of the season, there'll be many teams looking to snap him up, you know. And I'm not being funny, including yourselves, you know. I think he's a quality head coach, and I don't think he's deserving of what he's have to put you, especially his health after what he's been put through after last year with the cancer. Then he goes back into training camp, and half his players haven't even got vaccinated, and he has to basically say to them, I, I, "I've, I've just, I'm recovering a cancer person," and then half the players don't even care. It just goes to show the whole situation there is an absolute mess. Ron Miller, um, Super Bowl, ooh, Super Bowl MVP, traded to the Los Angeles Rams for a second and third round pick next year. The Broncos are going to pay ninety six percent of his salary, but they get the picks. Uh, Broncos lose their face of their franchise. Inevitable column after five or six inept years where talent has been wasted on a daily basis. And I hope, and I'll say this publicly now, on the first of November, I hope the Rams win the Super Bowl. I I'd love to see Von Miller get another round. Yeah, I like you know, obviously as a Bronco fan, you know, look the jersey over my head, love to see Vaughn do it and a totally it's a great move for for Vaughn and seeing Vaughn on that Rams defense 
should it should if he can stay fit um he you know he should he should be able to to make a real difference they have a, a qb there who's certainly in the race uh for mvp but you would have to say that they you know it's it's uh, going to be very interesting to see because they went all in uh what in 2018 and here we are again uh just a few years later and they've gone all in again so they're taking a completely different approach uh to the nfl than than most teams um and i i'm really fascinated to to see how how it goes for for von miller he had um you know an incredible um start to his career in in denver those those first few years culminating in that playoff run and super bowl 50 since then the broncos have tried to recapture um you know lightning in a bottle it hasn't worked and as as it i i, I don't know what, what what do you say it's it's nine the broncos are essentially allowing von miller to leave and paying nine million to get a second or third round pick but you imagine given the how good the rams are those picks are going to be you know pretty pretty low in the second and third round well forcing i thought of today was to try to obviously clamor for the picks to allow themselves to be in a bargaining situation for for the potential trade for the quarterback come come the offseason but but the difficulty there is none of those additional picks are first rounders and the eagles if wentz continues to play will have three first rounders and the Dolphins have got two first rounders and the Giants I'm not saying the Giants are going to be the sweepstakes for a quarterback they've got two first rounders and there's another team I can't recall off the top of yet so where does that leave them in the pecking order for a quarterback um I don't get the trade I understand that if you what if you am I right in saying if he if he stays to the end of the season he's effectively a free agent he walks away and they don't get anything for him okay well to a certain extent but it's November the first they've just won it wasn't a great game fair enough but they won they're four and four um, like they're not out. Like you look at the situation, like it's gas because the Patriots win yesterday, and I know you might say the Patriots are going in a better direction than the Broncos right now. But there's fans out there. From, I get a few texts today saying, you know, we could end up in a wildcard situation, and they're not 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 too different to your record. So I just feel that they're giving up on that season very very early, which I think is is unfair to the fans, and I think it's unfair to the team because there's games there that they can win. I think I, I'd say this. It's been five years. See him, see him shite. Different year. Um, it is what it is. If I am going to bed tomorrow night and Kareem Jackson, Cal Fuller, and Melvin Gordon are still wearing orange, what's the point in trading Von Miller? Sell the house now. Get down as low or get down, or get, or get up as high as you need to because it's bad enough when it's four. Look at their schedule. Bar the Lions, they're not winning. They're not winning another game this season. Uh, that's 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 no, harsh. but it's it, it, but this this is what happens when you have a stacked roster and you don't build around a quarterback. It's sad, it's inevitable. I want to give a shout out to Alistair uh, at NI Bronco. How's it going, Alistair? Let, let us know where you're from uh, in Northern Ireland. Devastated to see Vaughn go, but good luck. Rams defense looking seriously scary. Donald, Vaughn, Ramsey, Floyd. We'll talk about that because there's Sunday night football. Uh, just based on what you said, Brian, yeah, look, I. I think if you ask anybody in Denver, it's inevitable. Like, nothing's going to happen to this team sold anyway. But they have to do something. The thing that I'm mostly disappointed about is that uh, Vic Fangio lasted longer. Very quick there from Owen. Is Vaughn Miller passes best? I He'd probably ball out in LA. 
Well, he's, he's, I think he, I think it's a risk because I think he's struggling with, with injuries, and he's you know, that's the difficulty. Is he going to be fully fit for the remainder of the season? Not to jump too sorry, I don't mean to jump off the topic, but mm. one point we didn't call out. Um, Fred asked a question around. I think it was Fred asked because you're in the Cowboys getting the 10 wins and having the division locked up. And we said it a few weeks ago, this division could be locked up by Thanksgiving. They actually played the Raiders on Thanksgiving, which is a, a great game. Um, the problem I think there is, and I'm not saying it because I, I, I follow a team in the same division, and we've seen it in the past. What happens is you, you win the division a few weeks out from the end of the season and you start resting players. It's very hard to get your mojo back come the playoffs and teams that are hot coming into the playoffs. We've seen it. The Broncos got hot at the right time. The Bucks got hot at the right time last year. And you'll see it again this year. Some team will come in having to win four or five of their last, you know, sorry, three or four of their last games to get into the playoffs, are on a run, playing competitive games. And that's the difficulty I see for the Cowboys, that they could run into that situation where Dak is resting up, Cooper Rush is playing, and other players, and that could leave them exposed come the playoffs. That's just a thought for further down the line. Uh, game picks, or Colin, do, do you want to add anything more? That, are you, are you okay? I'll um, ju- just as um, in terms of the, this weekend's games, or include like not not um, including Thursday night, you would say that no, you know, a lot of players did maybe some damage to their MVP hopes. Um, Matthew Stafford, potentially now the 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 front runner um you you'd have to to say but still plenty to go could aaron Rodgers be a, a sneaky candidate to to get in there um i just want to make one point today uh, sorry one final point that's not necessarily around games it's actually calvin ridley i don't know if he's read the story today but he's he's taken a step away from he didn't play yesterday it was a you know it was a healthy scratch as they call it and it's come out today that he's having mental health problems and uh I think it shouldn't be underestimated how difficult that can be for any player. He didn't go to London a few weeks ago. And um, he's come out today with a very honest assessment of his situation, saying until he gets health, healthy in his own mind, he doesn't feel he can help uh, best help the team. So, you know, and Lane, Lane Johnson, I mean, the Eagles uh, guys also come out in the past few days. So, like, we watched the game. We we chew the fat of our players' performances. But, you know, we don't know what goes on in the background for these people personally. So just it's something that we should be. Yeah, I think it's something we should call out today. So hopefully he has a speedy recovery. What's not an injury? Hopefully he has a speedy recovery because he's a great player. And as you said earlier, we want to see the best players on the field. Absolutely. Colin, do you want to set up a wee bit? Yeah. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Uh, best wishes to Calvin Ridley as well. Um, so I'm just getting tired. Uh, very quickly, did our bet win, Brian? Yes or no? No, didn't. Didn't. We uh, we had the charges in there. Yeah. Mm, okay fair enough uh irish nfl show code matchbook are the sponsors thank you very much to matchbook betting exchange for the weekly yo-yos in terms of the bet 15 pound 15 euro welcome offer it's time to make our picks ahead of tonight the chiefs are three and four jeez the chiefs are three and four going up against the two and five new york or new jersey football giants column uh, i'll start with you who have you got Ah, uh, this the the Chiefs. I heard Rich Eisen doing an interview with Patrick Mahomes, and he asked Mahomes, you know, what what's wrong with the, the Chiefs? And I would have to say that Mahomes' answer answer concerned me a little bit because now maybe you know it's the Tom Brady thing that everyone want to say too much publicly, but it didn't sound like the 
certainly Mahomes wasn't giving anything away. If the Chiefs have figured out what's wrong, Mahomes wasn't saying it publicly. So whether they have or not, we're, we're going to see. There are a huge number of, of issues there. Uh, and yet, and yet you keep going, you know, they are the, the Chiefs and they, they, were, they should um, find a, a way to win. I, I'm going to back them because they are the Chiefs, but I, I do think the, the Giants are going to make it very difficult for them. Uh, and probably if the Chiefs don't win this, then it will absolutely sound alarm bells. And I think we, we'll have all, I will have to move away from being, ah, they're the Chiefs. Surely, surely they'll, they'll be able to figure it out at some point. They, they really need to, to get the win. And I think they will just about do enough tonight. Last week, Andy Reid came out with that unusual statement after the game where he said, I'm seeing things from this team I've never seen before in a negative, in a negative light. And this defense, over the past two weeks, they've made changes to the team and it, this is going to resolve the issues. Jordy Dan was there with the team and other players were brought in and we're going to see that all resolved. That hasn't been the case. And uh, the joints to defensive performance last week, which I was praying for for weeks on end, because um, I felt like that defense that I saw last year was there waiting to come alive again and it's it's under it's underestimated how well they played last week with six sacks and you know i think arguably one of the rookies of the year second round pick had two and a half sacks he's already on six he's more than quite a few of the players been around for a while you know we've got six sacks on the panthers defense offense which has been poor over the past few weeks and that seems to be the team where the panthers are not good so therefore let's not you know get too excited about that but i feel that this joint defense has got a point to prove again and this game reminds me of last year when we went into Seattle. No one gave us a, no one gave us a hope, and we and which was Mark's comment around Jesus Christ himself. Well, Jesus Christ is playing tonight, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so um, I'm going with the shock. It's the team of the weekend. Been loads of surprises, so I'm going to stick on the Giants hat, and I'm going to say tomorrow morning we'll have the same record as the Chiefs, and I'll be up all night. And if the Giants win, you'll know because your phones will be bouncing at half three in the morning. <laughs> Mark is going with the Chiefs. Hi, Mark. Waddy says Giants will do the Chiefs during free fall. Uh, there's loads of different comments here, lads. Thanks so much for the comments. I'm openly exhausted, so we'll probably get around to them in the next show. Really appreciate it. Waddy also saying uh, Honey Badger's comments ain't encouraging from a team point of view. I want the Giants to win tonight for obvious reasons. I don't think my team that I support is going to get over five wins. So the more wins the Giants get, the more the more wins teams around that sort of hemisphere get, the better. The reality is there's two important points there. The first point is I'm 30-odd points behind Brian of Fantasy, and my quarterback oh, yeah. is Patrick Mahomes. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have no other players to play. You need 27 points, over. Michael, from Mahomes. All right, well, I, I haven't counted it like that. Well, I, I did today. <laughs> um I don't know. Michael, just just to to say, just um, people might not be aware of Honey Badger's comments. He said that the Chiefs may have the most toxic fan base in the league. Well, it's the same fan base that have the Guinness Book of Records uh, for the highest decimal rate in the stadium, which I believe actually came on a Monday night game. So I imagine it's going to be bouncing tonight, and uh, it's going to be a difficult one offensively for the Giants to avoid. Shout out to. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm jumping in on your pick. Sorry. No, it's fine. Shout out to Irish Chiefs as well, big Belfast man. Yeah. Uh, he seems confident enough tonight. I think he's nervous. 
talk of a rain delay there as well. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you, you I'm taking the Chiefs, but sorry, you what? Yeah. Rain delay. <laughs> this is the only week of the season we get a game starting at twelve o'clock, and you're talking about rain delays. Uh, there's there's heavy rain in, in Kansas City at the minute. I, I'm just I'm just saying it's, it hasn't been talked about too much, but there are people in the tailgate talking about it at the moment. It might clear up by kickoff. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs to win this. I think, to be honest with you, there's a number of different factors here. It's the talk around the Chiefs. It's the talk around, you know, when I'm sitting here going, ha-ha, they're, they're three and four. I think Mahomes, the lads, are going to look at this as a game that they have to win comfortably. Um, and I think they will, based upon <laughs> that, and also based upon looking at the Chargers last night. They need to win this game. I don't know how many points Daniel Jones and the Giants are going to put up, but I, I think Mahomes will play out of the skin tonight. I really do. I, I don't want him to, but I think this is the sort of game where he gets back to level again uh, and they need to win. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs tonight. I hope they get beat, but they probably won't. And that's it. That's it. Any any final comments? or any? I hope somebody can screenshot Brian's reaction to you saying rain delay because his face was... Price. I swear to God, I like literally. I typed in. I was uh, thinking this is how you know you, you get. Like, I mean, on Monday night. Uh, you get your team on a Monday night, and it's a quarter past twelve kickoff. And you're thinking, oh, that's grand. That's I'll be tired in the morning, but it's a reasonably early kickoff. And you're talking about rain delays. Let's talk of rain. Uh, there's one band of rain moving through uh, before the game, so it might be it might be delayed a little bit. So it's fine. Uh, let's see what happens. I get the, might like, I might, might get the beers out. So. Well, it, this this is the thing. Uh, it's on early, so if you want to watch the first quarter, you can have a laugh, go to bed like Brian will, or fall asleep like me last night watching the Cowboys game. Uh, we're, whatever you're doing, wherever you're watching, I hope you enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back on Thursday night. Maybe we'll be back tomorrow night. I don't know. I'll check in with these boys and see if they're allowed to come on live tomorrow night, and uh, we'll keep you updated. Um, seeing... Uh, just obviously thanks to everybody for the comments here folks loads of comments loads of viewers really appreciate it one year in and uh, yeah appreciate it lads see you in Thursday night yeah yep Thank absolutely you. like tomorrow tomorrow is going to be really interesting to see if uh, anything does top that Von Miller trade but um, there, there, there might well be something. It was obvious the the Rams were working on something when they uh, sent the linebacker to the Broncos might be other teams doing similar. Could be an impromptu show tomorrow night if we get some serious moves tomorrow. And Brian's hosting it by himself. Good night, folks. Good God bless. Night. Thank you. Good bless. Good luck. Hey, baby. You want to come and take a ride with the Mississippi Mud Flat?